Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Jamie RK podcast. Today, we have someone very familiar here to talk about um, all things Disney and whatever, whatever else we want. Um, please introduce yourself again. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, this is Garrett. Uh, Garrett Ralph. Um, stoked to be back on the GMRK podcast and get to talk about some really cool things. Garrett, I don't want to go into too much detail on why you're here, but let's, let's just let the people know that you and I have had to take this whole Disney community, um, by storm. So, uh, go into detail why you think you're here. Uh, I think I'm here because we're Disney influencers and whatever we talk about happens. And, uh, we have to, uh, tell the world what's up with Disneyland and all things Disney. And if people don't want to talk, you know, tell the world what's up with Disneyland, then they can go, F off. Yeah, we're here to bring it to you guys um real and raw cuz we're we're in the trenches. You go on Disney um or you go on Instagram and you see all these um quote unquote uh Disney people. Half of them are fake. Half of them aren't even at the parks. They're just reading stuff from blogs and other like okay sources but garrett and i were there every day we're seeing everything live we're even reporting on stuff the way it should be telling you how it is we're not sugarcoating anything to please people we're just giving it to you how it is and that's why we have to do this we're being shunned by the disney community and we won't stand for this any longer so it's very important for us to do these podcasts from time to time to let you know what's going on and how things really are. Bingo. So where should we start? It's been uh, two months since the last time I had you on. Where do you want to begin, Garrett? Um, do you want to talk about uh, the food and wine festival that's happening right now? Sure, we can start there. Um, every year, Disneyland and Disney World, um, they host food and wine, um, which is kind of weird to me how it's like, um, for us, we have it like right uh, at the tail end of winter, beginning of spring, and Disney World, they have it in like the thick of the fall, right? Yeah, so that's when it's at Epcot is like kind of like, yeah, the thick of like the fall. So basically the end of August into November. And then ours is usually like March into, uh, well, yeah, what, late February, early March into late April. Correct. Maybe early May. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Late April. Yeah. I'm not sure why they do it that way. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I can understand fall and spring kind of transitioning not too cold not too hot certain you know right in the middle of both of those kind of uh times so let's be honest here you've been to both food and wines just like myself which one do you prefer 
Uh, man, that's a tough question. Um, I like both a lot. Uh, I would say, um, as of right now, knowing what I've tasted at both food and wines, uh, currently, um, I'm leaning more towards ours, the DCA, um, based on some of the food that I've had this year. I I think that's, um, probably the right answer. Um, in my honest opinion, I feel like, uh, I've said this before. I feel like out in DCA, they actually put like a real focus on giving us a really great menu of food versus Epcot, where I feel like they focus more on like the wine side, like the alcoholic beverages, um, and not so much the food. I'd agree with that, especially for, yeah, Epcot, because, um, when, uh, the wife and I went for our honeymoon, we had this really, really good wine at the, um, Africa pavilion that they have for food and wine called the jar jar. J- oh, the jam jar. It was delicious. And I forget what type of wine it actually was. I don't know if it was like a Cabernet or a Zinfandel or what, but it was so good. Um, I mean, there's some notable mentions in regards to the food for Epcot, uh, like at the Brazilian booth, they had like this cheese bread that was fire and then some other things. And then I was forced to try the, the garlic croissant, uh, escargot from the French pavilion, which was interesting, but, um, like no notable remembers of like, like, Hey man, I need to have that again versus like DCA, you know, there's stuff every year that like, you're waiting for to have because it's so popular and so good that this sometimes they'll bring it back or they'll do like a reimagining of it each year. So basically what you're saying is the food is a whack in Epcot. Uh, I mean, it's just different. There's also, it's, it's also overload cause it's way, it's way too much. Like you can't do it like in one day at all, like, you know, kind of like ours, you, you pretty much could, if you wanted to at DCA, you could, but Epcot, it's just too big and too massive to try everything. You think so? Yeah. I feel, I feel like when I was there, we spent the whole day in the park and I didn't try everything because I was really unimpressed. I feel like the only thing that impressed me was the pricing because most of the dishes out there were ranging from like four to five dollars, which is like almost half of what they're charging um, for our food and wine. Um, so I, I think that was like the only thing that I was impressed about food wise. Like I've um, told you before, the best thing I had was a tostada, which made me really sad. when I thought about it after the fact. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. I mean, there's definitely better food, like good food there. You just have to kind of explore. Um, I mean, like, did you go to like to the fire, the fireside area and all the other areas, like not just around the, um, you know, the 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 countries of the world, the circle. But like, did you go to the other areas? Of course, there was the booth where everything was from the earth and it just seemed to just I don't know, just wasn't really my style. All right. Well, I mean, I can, I can respect that obviously, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, there's no, like the, as far as 
right now goes, DCA has just better food. And the pricing is, is yeah, it's a little better over there, but that's just Florida. Florida in general is cheaper than California. That's true. So food and wine has been going on for for a couple of weeks. Um, what would you say is the best thing that you've tried so far this year? Uh, to be honest, I'm going to have to say it's the ghost pepper mac and cheese. With chili cheese corn chip dust. Yes. Which is, um, from what I remember, it, it, it's one of the vegan options, right? Is it? I don't know. Or is it vegetarian? I don't know. I don't really pay attention to what is and what is not because I'm not. So I can just kind of eat everything and I don't have any allergies. So I just go for it. Okay. <laughs> so I don't me. really like look for that stuff. We just got word from the booth. It's a uh, vegetarian, not vegan. Uh, okay. Got it. But you can find that at the Ooh. peppers caliente booth. Yeah. Peppers caliente booth. Um, I want to try, they have another, um, spicy thing that I want to try there, but it, as it better of, be the margarita. Yeah, that's what it is. Cause you know, I can get down on that, on the margaritas and the, and the alcohols. unlike my friend Jamie, but mad respect to his, uh, don't give yeah. me that fake respect. This is my choice. Straight edge till the day that I die, Garrett. I know I can respect it. Don't. Don't give me that. If you respected it, you'd be straight edge. What? That's not how that works. <laughs> it's it's true. The court okay. has well, spoken. Well, I never I never was straight edge, so I'll never be able to break. So how about that one? I don't even understand where you're going with that. <laughs> but <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Garrett's just uh trashing the whole straight edge community. So all of you out there listening, um, just give him that free smoke when you see him. We'll we'll see that smoke, Sound and Fury 2019. We'll get that smoke. It's okay. It's funny that you brought that up, um, because every um, podcast that I've done since Sound and Fury tickets have come out, um, I've brought up Sound and Fury, and I feel like it's important to talk about them every week because what they're doing and what they've done in the past is amazing, and I, I just want to talk about uh, that real quick. What are your thoughts on this year's Sound and Fury? I mean, this year's Sound and Fury is amazing. Um, I mean, not not many people know, but I've never been to Sound and Fury. Why? Uh, though I've, uh, well, the majority of it was me living in San Diego and not wanting to drive all the way up to LA or Santa Barbara or you know what every year that they had it. You know, it's just so far away, and it was just a mission. Um. And two, I didn't really know many people that would go to it. I would only know like a handful of people and those handful of people weren't like good friends. They were more just kind of like acquaintances that I've met through the the kind of, you know, the music scene and hardcore and everything like that. Um, so those were basically the two reasons. But this year um, I'm going um, one because I'm going to see so many bands that I haven't seen perform um, uh, including Incendiary and some other awesome bands that are playing. And two, I mean, the elephant in the room, Have Heart, you know, they're playing too, so that's cool. 
Good old half heart. Um, should be a really interesting year. Um, for, so far for the first announcement, I, I really like the great mix of bands that they've decided to uh, book so far. And I'm definitely looking forward to the second announcement, which is coming up very soon. Yeah, I don't even know like who they're gonna be like announcing more. Like it's already it's just gonna be cherry on top of like this awesome weekend Sunday. I mean, you know, you have, you know, the the, the bigger staple bands like Will Have Heart or like Power Trip and Incendiary. But then you have these really cool kind of newer bands or not well known bands that are playing that I like really wanna see. Um, especially, you know, word up to uh one step closer, Wilkesbury Wilkesbury uh Scranton hardcore got to represent them they're awesome i can't wait to uh two step to their whole set yeah i'm definitely looking forward to <laughs> one step closer those are the homies obviously ryan has been on the podcast shout outs to him uh but like for the bands who've never played before like never ending game like i just want to just like lose my shit to them uh ikulu coming out from new york they're gonna be super sick and then uh antagonize i feel like a lot of people aren't like aren't really talking about them but i I think that band's super solid okay i actually haven't listened to them so i'll have to give them a listen yeah you should definitely check them out because i was a little offended when i saw your post and you kind of like circled the bands you were excited for Mm -hmm. and uh you didn't include them sorry man i just hadn't heard of them or haven't listened to them but i'll give them i'll give them a listen obviously yeah, I'm I'm working on a um a sweet Sand and Fury playlist. I, I know Sand and Fury has their official playlist, but I'm uh right now I'm curating uh, a special one for the first announcement and then I'll have a separate one for the second announcement. So if anybody's curious, um that should be um, coming out in the next week or so. Is that gonna be on Spotify or yeah um it okay. definitely is uh i don't even know if i mentioned it on the podcast before um, but i did make the switch from apple music to spotify and i know a lot of people um, know that i've been pushing apple music for a long time but due to me getting rid of my iphone and going uh to the android platform it was just a better choice for me to be using spotify versus apple music so uh, for everybody that has Spotify, let's be friends. Let's share music and share playlists. That's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Heck yeah! Well, welcome, welcome to the Spotify team, bro. I know you haven't you haven't even added me yet. You're you're being I, real dude, fake I have, right now. I don't. I only follow like one person, and it's Kevin, um, Lexi's sister's husband. Good old Kevin. Yeah. Okay, so going back to food and wine. Yeah, we're um, spoiler alert. We're going to be at the park this Sunday, St. Patrick's Day. And I I know we have a pretty full schedule, but I'm thinking maybe later in the evening after dinner, we could hit up food and wine, maybe grab like a thing or two. What are your thoughts? Yeah, have a little savory dessert after we have our, our accomplishment dinner. Yeah, for some reason, I can't stop thinking about that orange chicken and I haven't even had it yet. Dude, I know we have to have that. I also want to try the other mac and cheese um, just to see if that's any good. The um, other mac and cheese. Yeah, there's another mac and cheese. Uh, I forget exactly what makes it special, but because I forget which booth specifically it's at. But there is another mac and cheese out there um, this year. 
right, let's see if on. I can let's see if the up. booth can get us. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, it's a it's at one of my favorite booths. Um, one booth that I loved last year is at the garlic kissed booth. It's creamy yes. mac and cheese with garlic bread crumble. Boom. We didn't or weren't you with me when we went to that booth? I thought so because what did you get from there? Oh, we got the oh I know. We got the bon mi, yeah, which, which was not that good. The meat that. meat was good. It was just, the bread was trash, and yeah, bread's kind of a big deal when it comes to a sandwich. Especially so. bon mi, like that's like you know, like yeah, it's a bon mi sandwich, but it's, it's supposed to be on a really nice, good French baguette roll. Like that's bon mi. It's Viet- if it's French Vietnamese cooking needs to have a nice good flaky baguette like it sucks because like yeah like the meat's really good and and the and the accoutrement is really good the bread sucks they had a bon mi sandwich just a few weeks before this that was fire for lunar new year i don't get it i don't think they could perfect that good of a bread and such a small size so yeah they just gave us a lesser product which I'm not happy about because last year that was my favorite booth. This year I've yet to find my favorite booth because there's still some stuff that I haven't uh, had to try yet that I'm looking forward to. Like there's a um, there's a watermelon lemonade that I still want to try out. I mentioned the mm. orange chicken, which I don't expect to be amazing, but I just love orange chicken, so I want, want to try it. Yeah, I want to try that too with the orange chicken and rice, and um, that looks good. And I don't know if there's anything else though at this point that I really want to like dive try. I haven't really looked at like the booths over near um near like uh, the Grizzly River Rapids, like you know, kind of turning point section um, over near the restrooms and the smoking area. Is there a booth over there over there this year? Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll go check it out. Yeah. Um, well, I guess since we're talking about DCA, we could talk about our experience meeting Captain Marvel. Yeah, we can. That was pretty interesting. It was uh, a pretty short line, even though the, the Captain Marvel had to leave for a mission real quick and then come back about 30 minutes later. But um, no, it was a cool really cool experience uh and it was you know like 45 minutes before you and i went and saw the movie you're you for the second time me for the first time so there was some cool little easter eggs that i got to kind of remember like oh yeah that, that was at the at the meet and greet they could you know you kind of put a lot of thought and effort into the meet and greet from the movie and all the things there so it was really interesting um even though my camera skills weren't on point that day I wasn't going to bring that up, but <laughs> Garrett took um, some okay photos of me. Um, good enough for me to post on my Instagram, so you can go check that out. Follow me, um, DM me, do whatever you want. But I thought it was a uh, pretty cool meet and greet. Um, kind of, like in my opinion, like an awkward spot. I, I feel like we miss like her grand entrance because um, from my understanding, she actually comes out like on that shield vehicle and being like escorted out by like those quote unquote shield agents. Um, but when the mean greet first started, um, 
it was up against like that wall behind where they serve the alcohol. And I, I thought that was a cool spot. But when they added the um, the jet and everything, uh, I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. But it's weird that like they just have like half the jet sticking out like it's playing hide and seek. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's probably just a prop jet, so that's probably where it ends, just a little bit into the hangar, you know what I mean? It's not a full jet, I wouldn't imagine. I just wish they would have like had the meet and greet inside that giant hangar, because I can't imagine there's anything else in there at the moment, yeah. unless they're like using it for storage. But normally, um, they would have like certain things in there. Like Remember when uh, Flint's Arcade was in that building? Yep, during Electronica, and yeah, that was awesome. And then they still had some arcade games going on during um, Mad Tea Party, but then they just completely closed it down. So that that was like my only um, issue with it. But overall, uh, it was a cool thing because when I think about the list of uh, Marvel superheroes that I've met in Disneyland slash Disney's California Adventure, um, it's more than I ever thought I would have in my lifetime. Yeah, like you can't like go back to when, you know, DCA first opened or even, you know, when it reopened in 2012 and think like, oh, man, what, you know, there's going to be all this cool Marvel stuff. Like you don't think that because, you know, they had no plans um, at the time or like maybe it was just like a a kind of birthing or, um, you know, of like, hey, maybe we should start doing some of this stuff in DCA, which ended up being so cool and what they do now. But yeah, like I wouldn't imagine meeting Marvel characters at a Disneyland resort of sorts when I was a kid, you know, like that never came to came to my mind at all. And then even, you know, moving on to other characters, but but like Star Wars, too. But um, but yeah, it was a cool meet and greet. And uh, I'm glad that they're doing, you know, newer and newer characters as newer characters are added to the MCU. Yeah, I. I'm very fortunate that we're able to experience this um, when uh, Disney purchased Marvel. It wasn't even a thought in my mind at that point either that there was a chance that they could enter the park. But um, it's definitely a great move by them to bring them into the park, uh, bring us way more people because everybody loves Marvel. Um, it was interesting, uh, and it kind of makes sense that they uh, moved everything from Disneyland over to DCA because they want to drive more foot traffic in DCA. And obviously, they have the announced um, Avengers Land that they're currently working on, which I'm really excited for. And I'm just looking forward to the day where they have like a epic like um, Avengers uh, photo op where they have all the superheroes just like converge in one spot and um, we can actually just meet everybody. Yeah, that, that'll be really cool. If they don't do something like that, it would be a, such a missed opportunity because like right now they should start doing it because obviously we have the Avengers. We have these characters in the MCU, you know, meeting each other. You know, it, it would make sense that in DCA that the characters should, you know, kind of converge and do meet and greets together as the Avengers. Very true. But obviously there's going to be some Avengers that aren't able to make it like our favorite um, Hulk. We'll never see him. Yeah. Never see Hulk. Um, um, 
You know who I miss, and I say it all the time, is I, I miss seeing Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah, we had a really, really good Doctor Strange character. He looked like he looked like Benedict Cumberbatch somehow. Like he had the fa- same facial structure features, and he was it was just a really good character and fun meet and greet. Um, yeah, I miss him too. I only met him like once, I think, which sucks. So I feel like um, that would be super like epic to have a photo op with Doctor Strange, Thor, Loki. Captain America, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Black Panther, uh, Hawkeye, Black Widow, uh, Star-Lord, Gamora, Groot. It would be so crazy. It would be crazy. Just do like big group photos. You know what just hit me? I bet they're going to do something like that for their um, Marvel night that they're doing in. um, Is it late April or is it May? I can't remember pretty sure it's april right yeah they're doing the two nights in dca which lands on like a tuesday and a wednesday night they're closing the park early and they're having their uh heroes assemble night which is just like another disneyland after dark um event which is um pretty cool but due to my scheduling i'm not able to make those events but i I feel like that's something that they would have out is they'll have all the characters out and um, having cool photo ops yeah and if they don't again missed opportunity but yeah that would be really cool um you know who i'm surprised they didn't have a meet and greet for or create a character for it at dca who uh ant-man it'd be pretty easy to do i think that's true I feel like um, the only uh, Ant-Man they ever had, which totally made sense, which uh, um, I thought was cool, was when they would do those movie previews. Um, When Ant-Man was coming out, they had his movie preview in the uh, Bugs Land Theater, and they had, like, his actual costume there. It was pretty badass. Yeah, I remember that. That, like, yeah, that worked so well because, one, you know, it's a cool preview for the movie, and then, two, it kind of goes with, you know, the Ant-Man theming of, like, you're going into this, you know, ant um, colony, you know, because it's supposed to be, you know, the theater is supposed to be like you're going down into the ant colony from a bug's life, um, which is funny because, you know, obviously Ant-Man, he, you know, can, can can communicate with ants and have them do things. And, you know, in the movie, he's going through, you know, ant colonies and ant holes and stuff. So it was a really cool theming what they did there. I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Whoever, whoever thought of that, A, a plus. Also, he's probably not in the parks because people didn't think he was that popular. And you know, probably thought he was just going to be like a minor character in this uh, you know, big picture of the MCU. But I feel like after Endgame, people are going to realize how important he actually is to this whole thing. Seriously, I mean, people should feel realize how important he is, I think, right now after, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, spoiler alert, the... the um, you know the the end credit scene where post-credit. he's stuck yeah the post credit scene where he's stuck in the quantum realm and i think that's gonna have to do a lot with um you know end game like how he comes out of the quantum quantum realm and what the quantum realm you know is and how it you know how it's important to end game i think in my personal opinion i think it's gonna be really important last thing in dca it was announced that next month Jesse's Critter Carousel is finally going to open 
and I, I think it's so weird that it's taking this long to um, build this carousel. Ah, what is that? Good. What's up? What are you eat? What are you opening over there? Nothing. Oh, I, I heard some really loud plastic noise. Oh, really? No, nothing. I'm not doing anything. All right, maybe that's um, the. Disney um, Illuminati listening in on our podcast. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Bob Iger? Glad to have you. Um, okay. okay. Um, going back to what I was saying, uh, next month, Jesse's Critter Carousel is finally going to open. And it's so crazy because the Pixar Pier has been open for so long. And I remember going into it, they announced that the pier was going to open, but they didn't mention any delays in any of the rides until um, right before it opened. They talked about how Jesse's Critic Carousel and the Inside Out ride wasn't going to be ready in time and that they're going to be ready at a later date. So next month we finally get to see Jesse's Critic Carousel and um, I I'm not excited for it. It's just going to be cool to have another attraction open for um, people to ride and hopefully mitigate the traffic a little like more. Um, but I'm not that, that excited just because I feel like that's like a super kitty ride and that's like something that I feel like would be in uh, Toontown, something that just isn't for me. Yeah, um, I mean it's and it, it's crazy how long it's taken because in actuality, all it really is is what a repaint and then change out the characters on the actual carousel pole and then add Jesse at the front. It's not. I mean, I wouldn't imagine it's not that. You know, it's not a difficult thing to do construction wise, but it's been such a long time that they've had like you know the scrim up, the walls up to to fix it and change the color and change out all the uh, ride characters and then at Jesse. But I'm, um, I mean, I don't know. All, I mean, it all depends on, I guess the, the hired, um, whoever got the contract to do that construction work. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird. I'm not that excited for it either. I mean, I don't think I ever actually rode King, uh, uh, King Triton's carousel once, which was the carousel theme you know, before they changed it over to Pixar pier. Um, I mean, I'll ride King Arthur's carousel all day cause it's kind of a staple, you know, it's the, you know, the old carousel in Disneyland, you know, it's, it's, it's not only the old carousel that's been there forever, but it's also been featured obviously in major motion, major pictures like saving Mr. Banks and things like that. So I'll ride that all day, but yeah, the other carousels, I don't know. I don't really give two, two, two shits about, but it'll be cool to have, you know, hopefully a little bit more crowd control with all the kids going on that ride and the parents waiting for their kids to get off or riding it with their kids and hopefully free up some of the other lines. Let's be honest. Did we really need another toy story ride? Mm, Probably not. I mean, they could have done something else in that like little circle. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. What, what would it be? What do you think? Or just have it open for like room? For people to walk through? No, um, not open for more room. Obviously, that's like, you know, prime real estate for an attraction. But I feel like they could have, uh, you know, gone maybe like a little deeper in Pixar's bag and um, picked another movie to theme it off of. Because uh, I, I, I just feel like three is a lot. I, I can't think of another movie that has three attractions 
um, it spread in like you know two different parks. A- am I wrong there? Um, no, you're not wrong. Definitely not. That's definitely the only um, movie franchise that has the most, um, you know, the most the most rides uh, out of any of them. I would imagine, but okay, yeah, I mean, real quick, we don't minus, know. Though. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. Minus Cars Land because they have their own land. But if right. you look at like everything else, like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But uh, I mean, who knows that 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 number of Toy Story rides could be going dwindling down to just two now if they if with what happens tomorrowland just, you know, gets a complete refurb after everything opens. And I would imagine if they do some sort of refurb in Tomorrowland, Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters might not be around for the next five years. But do we really need two Toy Story rides? Probably not. They could have themed it something else. I, I'm really, I mean, me personally, I'm pretty upset that there's no up rides. Like, that's my favorite Pixar movie. And I think they could have done something really, really cool with up. But I am not, uh, fortunately, a Disney exec who ha- makes these decisions. They could have gone up, um, Brave, Coco, uh, yeah. maybe Wally. Was that too much of a stretch? No, Wally's great. Ratatouille, which I'm like dying to have anything Ratatouille, please. Um, Disney Illuminati, I know you're listening. Um, give us a Ratatouille ride in California. Um, I know there was a big accident at the one in Florida, um, but please just bring it out here. We need one. Agreed. That and Tron, Tron Coaster. Tron, wait. Um, oh, uh, th- that would be really nice. But I, I, I also, yeah. I, I feel like it could be on the way. I, I feel like our dream to have that um, is getting closer and closer. Um, because with Galaxy's Edge opening and the removal, which they haven't avish- like officially said it, but we do have um, people on the inside who shall not be named but with the opening of Galaxy's Edge, Star Tours, Star Trader, Launch Bay, is they're going away. Yep, everything Star Wars that's not in that will not be in Galaxy Edge is going bye bye. So, so yeah, think about Tomorrowland and just kind of put that in perspective. You're talking about the giant building where Launch Bay sits. Star Tours, which is connected to Star Trader, that giant um, chunk is going away. There's um, so much more room for them to finally give Tomorrowland their name back and catapult that like that whole area to actually be futuristic. I feel like you know Tron fits that perfect. Yeah, I agree. You know, Tron fits it amazingly because it's, you know, it's, 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 I mean, to be honest, it's fantasy, it's science fiction fantasy, which is awesome. You know, it's, it's future, it's, it's internet, it's going into a computer, which could potentially be something that happens, you know, or like a ready player one thing, you know, a virtual future. Um, But yeah, I think once that happens, once, you know, Galaxy's Edge opens, it's been open for a little while, they start doing the things to Tomorrowland, that's what they should do. 
um, something along the lines of either Tron or in we've also you've also mentioned maybe doing something of like, you know, Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph Breaks the Internet, something Internet themed, future themed, virtual something. There's obviously um, a ton of options for them to choose from and there's going to be like a ton of creative people behind it. So I feel like they'll make good decisions and hopefully uh, make that into like a big project, which I'm happy we're getting galaxy's edge, but the fact that we're probably going to see another land shut down for a long period of time, it's going to be kind of sad because the traffic's going to be bad. It's already bad right now, but you think about how crazy the traffic's going to be for galaxy's edge and the fact that, Tomorrowland will be closed and no foot traffic will be able to go through there and we're going to not be able to fully loop the park. It's going to be kind of rough. Yeah, that would be really rough. Are you like rubbing your your mic on something? Because I I keep hearing that plastic noise. Nope. I I hope it's not hitting my beard. Maybe that's what's happening. (laughs) Maybe. Um, You'll be able to hear it when um, this gets uploaded and you'll understand what I'm saying. For sure. But since you want to talk about Disneyland, um, were you there when uh, Tim Burton surprised everybody and was in the park? No. Was it recently? Yeah. You didn't see my pictures with him? No. He was there because um, in the um, opera house where they have great moments with Mr. Lincoln right now, they're doing a sneak peek of Dumbo. And he popped in the park and uh, was just there and surprised everybody was like signing uh, Dumbo pictures and was just talking to people. Dang, that's awesome. No, I didn't see that. That's really cool. Wow. It was um, pretty cool to see uh, somebody that famous and who is like, you know, so rich in uh, Disney history. Um, It's cool to see them uh, still be able to show love and come to the parks and want to interact with uh, fans. And I I think it's just so great. Yeah, that's really awesome. I love it when when, um, you know, uh, people who have worked for the company have a really big name, love to come out and support like, you know, uh, their love of the company as well as like the support the fans and, and have, you know, have love for the fans. I would imagine that your dream meet and greet was when Mark Hamill was on star tours. Were you there that night? No, I was not. Unfortunately, I heard about it and was wow. really kicking myself in the kicking myself that I didn't go to, to the parks, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where you never really know, until it's happening and then when you try to get over there it's just a scramble because everyone's going over there same thing when you know johnny depp does his uh captain jack sparrow thing and pirates like it's just randomized and if you know you know uh, and then uh, until you find out and then it's just freaking a freaking nightmare to get over there speaking of johnny depp i feel like so many people were you know, begging for him to be canceled and for Disney to get rid of him. And I'm so happy that they didn't because I obviously I'm not um, tied to Johnny Depp or um, Amber Heard. But when all those allegations came out, I am never the one to just jump on somebody, you know, when bad news breaks. I am like we've seen this so many times um, in the past where, you know, it, it's better to let the dust settle 
instead of just jumping to conclusions and saying like outlandish stuff before you even know like the full scope of all the facts. So the fact that Johnny Depp is coming out with hard evidence and he's uh, suing um, Amber Heard for defamation and a couple other things. I, I think it's um, awesome because it's just so dark and uh, I, I can't imagine why somebody like her would want to try to ruin somebody's life like she did with Johnny Depp. And I'm, I'm just really happy that he's able to come out with his own lawsuit with real evidence to prove that um, he was actually the victim in this whole thing. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, I mean, I remember when all that stuff was happening and uh, well, at least like when it first started happening and um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like to jump to conclusions either. I think it's really stupid if you don't know, you know, both sides of the story, you know, there's, you know, there's one side of like my dad always says, there's one side of the story. There's another side of the story and somewhere in between is the truth. Um, I mean, you know, once, once the dust settles, you'll know, but I mean, I remember when all that out, you know, accusations were coming out. Um, and I just remember like so many people jumping on, Johnny Depp and saying like, no, dude, like you're done. But then, you know, his ex-wife was even like, he would never do anything like that. Like this girl is crazy. You know, I remember a lot of just both sides talking and talking, but I'm glad that finally there's like some sort of conclusion, hopefully coming to an end for all this. Cause I mean, I like Johnny Depp as an actor. Uh, I don't really personally like Amber or what's it? What's her name? Amber, Amber heard Amber heard. I mean, I, haven't seen Aquaman. I've seen her in the Rum Diaries, which was when her and Johnny Depp first met, which is a pretty good movie. I mean, you know, all that, uh, anything that's, uh, you know, that, uh, that, uh, man, I forget, you know, the fear and loathing guy. Um, I always forget his name, but you know, that was the same person, the writer who did Rum Diaries. Um, and then the movie before that, that I remember Amber Heard was in was um, Pineapple Express. She played the girlfriend, high school girlfriend of uh, of Seth Rogen's character, which, I mean, she wasn't really that great in that either. But I don't know. Like, obviously, I can't base their their personality personality off their characters or their acting career per se. But, I mean, she didn't really seem to be 100% truthful in all this. With all that being said, hey, Johnny Depp. Can we put out a good movie soon? Because the last couple of things you've done weren't that great. But yeah, put out a good movie. Love you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, uh, this kind of allegations and Disney not kicking him, you know, to the curb uh, kind of segues into the newer news about Disney, you know, kind of licking wait, the wounds wait, wait, hold and that. bringing back. Hold somebody. that. Hold that. Hold that. Hold all right. All right. All right. All right. I know where you're going. Um, want to save that for later because it's okay. Um, uh, while it's still Disney, um, we're uh, talking about the parks right now. So kind of want to just dive into that a little later because there's a couple of things um, that we can uh, spin off of that. And I, I just don't want to get off or get too off track. All right. Yeah, no worries. Okay. So, um, save that point because I, I definitely have that as something that I wanted to talk about because um, uh, yeah, we'll just go into that a little bit later, but probably the biggest news that we're, we're going to be talking about right now is 
um, Disney announcing the official opening days for uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland and Hollywood Studios, um, which was uh, projected for Disneyland to be in June because Bob Iger did that interview and let it slip that um, it was going to open in June. So I don't know if they moved it to may 31st um, for disneyland because of that interview or if that was always the plan and he just probably just said june because it's literally like one day off from being june but i i thought it was um pretty exciting for them to finally announce it and um i, I just can't believe we're so close to opening day of this new land which is like you know it's, it's gonna go down in history it's probably like one of the craziest days in disneyland history um but I'm just curious how you feel about it since you're like a huge Star Wars fan. I'm so fucking stoked. Like I'm so ready for to be able to walk into this land, get fully immersed into the Star Wars universe and feel like I am just in the stories that I've grown up to love. Um, I just, I can't wait. Uh, God, I like there's not, like I could say so much more things, but I'm just so fucking excited and ready for this. Um, I don't care how long it's going to take me to get into that land. The opening day, I'm going to make my way in there somehow, uh, one way or another. You can't stop me. Okay. Right. So you said, um, galaxy's edge. You're, you said you, you had so much to talk about. Yeah, man. Uh, I can't wait for this land to open. Um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, uh, have been since I was a kid. And just to be able to walk into this fully immersive land that's all Star Wars, it's like you're walking into the stories. Um, opening day, I can't, you know, couldn't come soon enough. And I don't care what they're going to do to try and get people to not go in there that day. Uh, I'm getting in that day no matter what, one way or another. You can't stop me. I'm getting in there. Um, I well, can't, I can't wait. Speaking of getting in there, you know, we're going to be required to make a reservation just to have access to the land. So there might be a chance that we won't even get in on opening day. Nope. I'm getting in opening day. I don't care what they say. <laughs> I don't even care if I don't have a reservation. I'm, I'm, I'm running in there. <laughs> I'm just curious how they're going to um, like do it. Is it going to be like a lottery system or um like or is it first come first serve i'm just so curious because i know there's a lot of people who are going to be traveling to disneyland that day just because they want to be able to say that they were there on opening day and i imagine it just being like a shit show of people being upset probably not even knowing that there's um a reservation that they have to make to get into the land um I'm just really curious on how they're going to do this because if you think about um, like a normal day at Disneyland, they run out of fast passes. Um, are they going to run out of reservation spots, which I'm thinking they will be because um, May 31st, they should be um, doing their summer hours by then, which the park will be open till uh, like midnight or 1 a.m. But it, I'm, I'm just really curious on how they're going to um, do this whole reservation thing. Yeah, I'm pretty curious too. Um, I'm sure they'll have a limited amount of reservations, especially opening day. Uh, it's kind of whack that they're giving priority reservations to people who have reservations at the hotel. 
I mean, I guess I get it. Like, you know, people are going to the hotel because they're staying there. They're from out of town. They want to make sure they can get into the parks. But the people who made reservations for that specific day or that time had no idea that the park was going to, you know, the, the Galaxy's Edge was going to open that specific day or those during that week that they're doing the reservations. I, I get it because, um, they're giving like so much money to Disneyland and obviously they're paying more of a premium to get the ticket as well. So it's just a, you know, a perk of staying at the hotel. So I'm not like mad at it. I'm just, uh, wish they would show a little more love to people like us, um, who have an annual pass versus, um, people who, who get like day tickets, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, you know, it's it's a love and hate relationship with Disney and the AP holders because during the slower seasons, you know, they they they're during the slow season, they appreciate, you know, people who come who are locals, who have the annual passes, who do, you know, continue to enjoy the parks and obviously spend money because it's a business before anything, unfortunately, which I, I can respect and understand. They're getting the hustle. Um but then when it's just super busy season during summer, during all these big events, they don't really go out of their way to give APs a better, you know, a better situation in these times when we're spending a whole lot of money every year to, you know, be able to come to the parks and enjoy it and, and do these special events. But, oh, hold on, wait, no, you have to get a reservation if you want to come or, hey, no, sorry, like there's no special thing for APs or, Oh, there's this AP corner where you get to take a picture and do this weird thing that doesn't really, you know, to me, isn't worth an AP corner to even have it. Like why even have it when it's not something that special? I definitely agree with that. I think to like the simple things that I see, um, at like Disney world versus Disneyland when there's an AP exclusive line to get into the park, at Disney World, those are the things that I love. And when I go to Disneyland and I'm like, okay, I have to get in the normal line to get through security. Or if there's no no bag line, I'm just like, damn it. Like, I, I wish there was a better way for them to let guests in because they have the room to facilitate that. I just don't understand why they haven't done anything like that at Disneyland um, when I think they should, because they're obviously capable of doing it. I, I feel like they should offer, um, an AP only line because like there are a lot of us, but we pay a lot of money for those passes. I feel like giving us like an exclusive line to get in the park. Um, I don't, I don't really think, or I don't really see how that's a big deal, you know? Yeah, that's not that's not a financial burden on them to do. Um, they could easily do it. How the line would be, I'm not sure because there are a lot of us, so I don't know if it would just be a longer line or not. Because uh, I don't feel like there's as many. Well, I really don't know, but I don't feel there's as many as much crowd uh, it, at Walt Disney World for AP holders as there is here because, a, you know, Walt Disney World is so spread out four different parks where here, you know, two parks, 
one entrance to get in. Let, let's say, you know, basically you have to be within the property to get into the two entrances for the different parks. So I don't know what the line would be like. But yeah, I mean, it would be it would be cool and it would be something that wouldn't be a financial burden to do. And in addition to that, no bag lines would be amazing. They just put up that brand new, you know, kind of entrance area off of Harbor Drive to come in for, you know, Toy Story shuttle as well as people walking into the entrance way park. Why not have a no bag line open, every, you know, if, during the hours that you're letting people into the resort? I don't understand why that sh- that's not a thing. I feel like they could do um, some trial and error as well. If they're curious, like, oh, maybe this won't work. I feel like they should at least try it out because you you look at how many turnstiles they have open to let guests in, like give us two, you know, just AP because they like, obviously there are more APs um, at our park. So give us, two AP specific turnstiles on the Disneyland side and the DCA side. I feel like that would be really good. Yeah. And, and it would just keep the line moving. You know, it's AP it's, you don't have to stop and take a picture of someone if they're just having a day pass, you know, you just go through, go through scans, check their picture. You're good. Go, go, go. Exactly. I feel like it would flow so much better and they would get a lot of us in and, would just be a, a a good perk to have um with having a pass yeah i agree um but uh kind of going back into the star wars galaxy edge kind of a thing um yeah i mean i'm gonna be pretty upset if i'm not able to get in opening day but I am looking at their website to verify because right now it just says at a later date, you'll be able to create, you know, get a reservation. I don't know if they're even going to do a mass announcement saying, yep, the today, like this is the day that you can get a, you know, a, a reservation, no cost reservation to go opening day. I don't even think they're going to announce that to the public. I think it's just going to be a thing where they open it up and people, whoever, you know, will check that website every day are going to be able to get one. I don't know, though. Yeah, might be like a low key thing. Um, So obviously you and I um, were pretty um, in tune, got a lot of people on the inside. So I feel like um, we'll know around the time that it should be live. So I don't think that's something we're going to miss out on. Yeah. But another trend that Galaxy's Edge is following in Pixar Pier's footsteps is that there's going to be two phases to, to the park, or excuse me, to the land. When Galaxy's Edge first opens, there's only going to be one of the attractions available. And um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I have like a ton of questions. Like, did they project the completion um, too early, not realizing that it was such a big project and that it wasn't going to be able to be done in time or were they trying to meet some deadline? I, I'm just so curious on why they're going to open up um, this historic land. Um, it's such a huge deal. I don't understand why they're going to do it like um, half finished. Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. Do you know what do we know which attraction is going to be open on opening day and then which attraction is going to be phase two? 
Yes. Uh, so phase one, we're going to be able to go on the the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run attraction. And then in phase two, it's going to be Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. OK, got it. All right. Uh, yeah, that's interesting to me. I don't know why they wouldn't have just pulled open. Um, I mean, obviously, it's they've been planning for the for the both attractions and they know the opening day now. I'm not sure why the con- construction couldn't have just happened to have both of those open. It would create a lot. I mean, it's still going to create, you know, foot traffic or not, not as much foot traffic throughout the park. Obviously the, the land is going to be super packed. Galaxy's edge is going to be super packed those few days, but that's just going to create even more foot traffic in that area. Cause there's not going to be people who are riding that ride it's just going to be one ride and everyone's going to be in that line i have no idea man it's crazy yeah Yeah. but uh i mean they're doing more than just that attraction per se because a lot of things that they're doing is going to be an an attraction that you know we wouldn't think of as just a ride but experiences i mean the whole cantina areas their you know the their their antiquities areas all these crazy areas are going to be attractions because it's full immersion it's not just like walking into tomorrowland to start starcade oh there's a bunch of you know star wars stuff for sale but it's you know a cast member's wearing you know the tomorrowland jumpsuit saying oh yeah yeah here's this 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 Galaxy's Edge is going to be full immersion. It's going to be the cast members are going to, you know, be be like they're Batuians. You know, they're they're from Batu. They grew up in Batu. You know, they live there. They they eat there. They do everything there. It's going to be just like a full immersion story there, which is going to be an attraction in itself. Just being able to kind of experience that because I've never experienced something like that. I've never been to. You know, uh, Universal Studios and in the hog, you know, the Harry Potter areas where it's they've I I believe they've done kind of full immersion things where you know they are characters from the movies or the books. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I feel like they're selling you wolf tickets, Garrett. You think so? Yeah, I, I feel like this is the same song and dance they gave us when they announced Pandora, and. When I walked in Pandora, I was expecting so much cool stuff and it looked so cheap when I walked through that land. I was just like, this is what they're hyping up. Stuff's supposed to glow in the dark at night. And (laughs) it just felt like felt like I was oversold. And I was just like, wow, this is so bad and nothing like what like they had announced. Give it um, flights of passage best thing right now like that attraction i'll give it its praise the best thing i've ever been on but when i look at the rest of the land it just feels pretty weak like there's not even like that many people from pandora uh character wise walking around to make you feel like you're actually there that's true uh i can agree with that but from what i've read for galaxy's edge they're gonna have characters from star wars walking around one of the biggest things that i read is um i mean i was a huge fan of the clone wars the animated series when it was on and there's a character that's never been portrayed in live action before that's gonna be a character walking around galaxy's edge uh his name is uh 
Hondo Onaka. He is a pirate uh, in the series, and he's an awesome character. If you know the Clone Wars, you know who I'm talking about. He's a beloved character, and they're going to have a specific cast member as Hondo Onaka walking around throughout Galaxy's Edge, you know, being, you know, the character of Hondo Onaka. It's going to be so cool. Like, that, I'll agree, at Pandora Land, they didn't have people walking around like that. You know, they didn't have, like, uh, you know, uh, humans walking around like they're far part of like, you know, the arc um, of the story. Same with like, I would imagine they could have gotten people on stilts acting like they're Navi walking around. That would have been really cool. They don't have that, but galaxy's edge will, uh, at least from what I'm reading or what I've read. Yeah. I'm not going to get my hopes up if I'm being honest, man, I am. And, and if, if, if my hopes are crushed, then it's just another thing that Disney's crushed my heart with, which isn't anything new. They've crushed my heart plenty of times, but I keep going back. Wolf tickets, Garrett. <laughs> man, I don't know, man. It's still going to be really cool, no matter what. Like the things that I've read about how they're going to do some cool things. I mean, have you heard about the the build building your own lightsaber area and like kind of experience? Uh, is it going to be anything like the one in Star Trader? Oh, no, it's going to be nothing like that. It's going to be an actual experience that you have that you go through. And the 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 lightsabers you're going to be able to build are actually metal hilted and they're themed based off of, you know, choices that you make. It's a whole experience. You go into the secret corridor, you know, corridor area. There's a specific character named Savi that has just they'll um, basically collected a bunch of lightsaber uh, material from the past, uh, and then you know you go in with the minimum amount or maximum amount of fourteen people. You go all in together and create your own lightsaber out of these awesome, cool theming and materials. And this, it's like a story. It's a full immersion story, merchandise buying experience like I've never ex- like heard of before. It's it sounds very cool. Wolf tickets, Garrett. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think so. You gotta think about the volume of lightsabers that they will be moving. Do you really think they're gonna be quality? I think so. The, what I've what I've seen and what I've read, I think it's metal hilts. You get to pick your kyber wait, crystal okay. that you put in there. Metal is this going to be aluminum? I mean, I don't care if it's. I mean, it, it'll be <laughs> oh, you strong, It'll be a strong metal. I mean, it'll be a, a metal oh that you know when you're twisting around a lightsaber, it's not going to bend easy. Wolf tickets, Garrett. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just have a hard time believing that it's going to be that good after experiencing Pandora. I mean, maybe they learned it's a trial and error thing, right? That was kind of like the first time they ever mentioned doing a full immersion land like that. And granted, yeah, it's not full immersion, but it's a trial and error thing. Trial and error. All right. I'm hoping for the best. Like, I don't want it to fail. I always want to see um, all things Disney succeed, but I'm just not going to, you know, get my hopes up. I get it. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I I cut you off earlier because you wanted to bring up um, one of uh, the most controversial things that happened um, 
in the MCU uh, regarding one of its uh, directors. Um, do you want to pop off and talk about it? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so uh, a few months, would I say? Has it been a few months since? Yeah, they... that's fair. Yeah, a few months have gone uh, have passed since this happened. But uh, the uh, famous director who made the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, a blow up for Disney and made it great and uh, you know, a uh, great creator of content, uh, directed Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy as well as Guardians of the Galaxy 2, was, uh, sh- uh, for lack of a better term, shit-canned by Disney because of some risque tweets that he had thrown out there, what, five years ago, um, before he was even, you know, uh, a, a, sh- a shoe-in to direct Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, probably even before they thought there was even going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um and uh, and now, uh, after a few months have gone by, they're kind of redacting their statement and uh, and bringing him back on to direct the movie. Uh, pretty rid- pretty ridiculous in in my book. What do you what do you think, Jamie? For um for for them to have uh to have fired him, um to me was ridiculous based on the fact that they knew about those tweets before he started this whole project. He's uh, addressed it and I, I, I can, um, I, I always get frustrated because I've been on Twitter since, uh, 2008 and I've never said anything crazy. Um, you can do your research, do do your deep dive, do your keyword searches. I, I've never said anything um, crazy, um, but the stuff that James Gunn was saying, he was uh, trying to be a comedian. He was telling jokes, and the fact that it, it was so old, I I, I feel like um, he shouldn't be, uh, you know, persecuted for those old tweets because it, um, people were taking them out of context. And people are were ignoring the fact that those have already been acknowledged, and he's apologized for them. So it, it's just very frustrating that um, these, like, in my opinion, internet um, like bullies and just like I, I think they're dummies that are bringing this up, not even doing the research, or maybe have done the research and just are trying to blatantly ignore that it's already been addressed, and they just want to try to ruin somebody's life. Um, I, I just think it's stupid, but I'm happy that um, uh, even though with all the backlash, um, you know, Walt Disney Studios, uh, Marvel Studios, they've, you know, really have been tight lipped on the situation. And obviously for fans like us, it's really frustrating to see somebody um, so important to that franchise get removed and um, leaving us with kind of uh, no sense of direction for the future of that franchise and those characters because those characters are so important because they are involved in the Avengers and we want to know um, how that's going to affect not only Guardians but Avengers as well because that movie there's going to be fallout afterwards and we're, we're going to kind of need to know like what we have to look forward um, to in the future. So the fact that they stayed tight lip and the fact that um, Alan Horn, the um, 
the chairman of Walt uh, Disney Studios um, had been meeting with James Gunn on multiple occasions to go over the situation, um, you know, and acknowledging uh, his public uh, James Gunn's public apology and monitoring the way that he handled the situation. Um, I, I think is great. I'm, I'm really happy that um, Alan Horn is somebody who wasn't going to just let the Internet decide how they deal with James Gunn. I'm happy that, um, in my opinion, he did the right thing and brought him back because I don't think there's anybody that could have filled his shoes in that position, even with them using his script. So like in the end, I'm happy that he's back. And obviously, um, I feel like Marvel, um, they're making the right choice and waiting until Suicide Squad 2 is done to start um, the production of um, Guardians 3 um, just because, you know, there's like conflict of interest, whatever. Um, I'm just happy that he's back and we get to see um, this movie come out the way that it should because there there would always be like an asterisk on Guardians 3 if James Gunn wasn't um, the director, you know? Yeah, agreed. And I agree with all the statements that you made prior. Like, I um, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I guess I can understand why Disney and Marvel, uh, you know, gave them the boot when it was first happening and when the Internet was just raging for, for no reason about all this stuff um, in regards to, you know, not knowing the facts or taking things out of context. Um, I mean, I don't think they should have, you know, just done it right then and there, though. Uh, but it's a good move to bring him back. Um, it's I back and support it. Uh, I think James Gunn is a, a great director. Um, I mean, his his creative his his creative mind uh, just can't go to waste um, in that franchise in Guardians. I mean, yeah, I just I, I I'm glad that he's back in the role that he he needs to be in. If you look at everything that happened following him getting fired the way that he handled it was super respectful the fact that his whole cast came out and had nothing but nice things to say about him as a human being um i I feel like you know should have sent like way more shock waves and um i i don't understand why it it took so long but I'm, i'm just happy that we're finally at the point where he's back because i don't think he should have ever um you know been fired in the first place yeah. And that's a big thing too. how, you know, the, the situation after he was fired, how he took it. Obviously, he I'm sure he was upset about it, but he obviously in some way understood what happened and why it happened. Obviously, the cast coming out and saying, no, we have nothing to say, but good things. Um, this shouldn't happen. And then him even just going on with his life, obviously still directing. He's got that new movie coming out, uh, Brightburn. Uh and then obviously getting the role of directing for Suicide Squad 2, you know, it was just a class act on his part of just continuing to live his life and do his, you know, his work and do his dream work. And, um, you know, regardless of if they were going to bring him back or not onto Guardians 3, he just really was a class act about the whole thing. So welcome back, James Gunn. It's going to be, it's going to be great, man. Like, it's just, uh, a, a good thing to see this happen because like the this like outrage culture i just um hate it because most of the time it's just um people just wanting it's like mob mentality and i and i hate it yeah i mean it's just like i mean you can you can really uh you know um 
relate it to things of our past, unfortunately, like Salem witch trials or, uh, you know, the communist uh, front with MacArthur. It's literally just mob mentality, um, you know, people who don't know 100 percent of the facts or just choose not to use 100 percent of the facts going after people to ruin their lives, which I, I just can't I can't back. Especially when it's not deserved, because exactly this reminds me of um, the whole uh, Kevin Hart situation when uh, they, they wanted him to host the the Oscars, and he got um, you know quote unquote outed on uh, Twitter for old jokes, and he once again publicly apologized and had already addressed that situation, but everybody calling him out wanted to ignore that. And even, um, you know, the, the people over at the Oscars, you know, wanting him to publicly uh, apologize for that when he already had just made no sense. So the fact that he stood up for himself and was just like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like I'll pass on the gig because I'm not going to publicly apologize for something that I've already apologized for. So this is just like pointless and dumb. And the, the the fact that they wanted him to come back to do it after so many people like Ellen like stood up for him is just it's just it's so like frustrating sometimes. Yeah, I don't get the the you know the necessary you know what people are thinking when one someone has already apologized for something in the past or that they've done. And then they want him to apologize again. It doesn't make sense. It's just beating a dead horse like it, it already happened. It's in the past. You know, he's they're they're living their lives to the fullest now. Um, and there's just there's just no reason for it. Yeah. And to point out that he apologized and um, showed correction in his behavior, because since that apology, he didn't make any of those jokes like he did on Twitter. Um, I'm speaking about Kevin Hart. Um, so th- the fact that um, they ignored his apology and ignored the fact that, you know, he did change his behavior because, you know, obviously um, actions speak louder than words. It's just so frustrating. Yeah. Agreed. But phase four, we're getting Guardians three. We're going to see Adam Warlock. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. It'd be great. Uh, but speaking about Disney movies, I don't think I could end this without bringing up um, Aladdin. Uh, just a couple of days ago, they released um, like a an actual trailer of the Aladdin movie and all the things they showed leading up to it. Um, I realized that they never really showed them like, you know, on the carpet singing um, a whole new world. But in this new trailer, they actually do. And when it cut to the scene of him, like on his carpet asking uh, Aladdin, asking Jasmine if if she trusts him, like it sent like chills down my spine because I I couldn't believe I was about to hear like a snippet of a a whole new world because like Aladdin is my favorite Disney movie. So I'm like paying super close attention to like everything that comes out. And this actually means a lot to me versus all the other live action remakes that have come out. Um, did you get a chance to see the trailer and what are your thoughts so far of Aladdin? Yeah. Uh, so, um, I saw the trailer, uh, the newest one. Um, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, I was pretty excited about it when I first heard about it. Uh, I mean, obviously growing up in the, you know, uh, nineties being a nineties kid grew up with Aladdin watching it. It's, uh, definitely, uh, top five up there in animated Disney movies, especially from that era. Um, 
I wasn't too excited when they decided to cast Will Smith as the genie. Um, I'm just not a huge Will Smith fan. Uh, I think they probably could have gotten somebody a little bit better to fill the role or someone who would have filled the role um, a better. But uh, and then they dropped the sneak, the sneak peek uh, or, you know, the little teaser trailer if it's even a trailer it was like 30 seconds maybe a minute at most where it showed will smith as the genie which completely just tore my hopes for this movie down i didn't think that he looked good at all uh and it i don't know just the cgi didn't look very great to me um since seeing the newest trailer, though, I'm back on board to uh, excited to see this movie in regards to the the music, the yeah, that scene that you mentioned on the balcony when, um, you know, Jasmine first uh, takes Aladdin's hand to go on the magic carpet ride. Definitely hit home. Um, definitely had nostalgia feel and looks and sounds really great. Uh, Jasmine as the character, uh, whoever that actress is, it looks great for the role. Aladdin just, you know, looks fine. Um, it's just me, my gripe with, uh, Will Smith being genie. I don't think it's a great fit, but, uh, I mean, that's not going to hinder me from enjoying or seeing this movie by any means for sure. I honestly don't mind the casting of genie. I feel like Will Smith is great for the part because, you look at the original um uh robin williams he's so iconic in that role right i don't i i don't think they could have casted um some like up-and-coming actor to fill the role they they had to get somebody who has like a legendary background somebody who is iconic and who's gonna um, you know be remembered and who can play that part as the genie so when I look at like the landscape of um, people who they could have, like I, I don't really see anybody else who would fit. There's, there's only, honestly only maybe like one other person that comes to mind, um, which would probably be uh, Jim Carrey, but I don't think he's gonna he wants to do that kind of role anymore. Yeah, I'd, I agree with you there. I don't think Jim would do that uh, would do that kind of role anymore. And um, yeah, he could have been a great fit, but he could have been. A, I mean, they could have gotten him to do the genie originally in the in the mad. Uh, animated series uh or sorry the animated movie um it just based off the timing and, and everything like that i mean he was hot back then and he had a few roles in his uh in, under his belt um obviously robin williams had such a more legendary career at that point um but yeah i don't know it's just one of those things like i yeah i i, get, I understand that um it's a new it's a new it's a modern day and when I think of Robin Williams, I think of someone who started their career as, you know, a stand up comic where Will Smith, I don't think really started as a stand up comic. I think he kind of just molded into a stand up comic from his, you know, his his uh, his career as the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which was a great show. I love that show. Um, and, you know, him growing into comedy and then starting doing major motion pictures as well as um, <laughs> a, a music career. Um, so I just don't, I think they should have gotten maybe someone who has like a bigger comedy background per se, who started in comedy, uh, not necessarily grew into comedy, but that's just me. Um, but I'm sure it'll be a great film. Um, my biggest gripe is just the way that they portray him as blue genie. The CGI to me just did not look good at all. I think you're, you're high. (laughs) 
<laughs> he looks great. Like yeah, the the CGI looks top notch. I don't think it looks like like choppy or anything. I'm I'm really curious. Like I wish I could see through your eyes because I I look at him as blue genie. And I'm like okay, that looks pretty awesome. Um, if I have any issue with um, him being genie, it's the fact that they show him uh, being flesh colored. Yeah, I see. I thought that was fine. Like I thought that was like okay, that's that's cool. I mean that that works out because you know he needs to blend in a little bit. Obviously, it being a live action modern movie, um, you know he he has to blend in with the secret of you know uh, Aladdin, um, you know Prince Ali. Uh, Prince Ali being Aladdin, so he needs to go with the facade at certain points if he's going to be in the public eye. Um, because it's a live action, you know, you have to think of those things. When it's a cartoon, you don't really think about that stuff. Um, but I, I think that's why they did that, and I, I agree with what they did there. I think it's going to be a great film, um, but it's crazy to think that that's not the only live action Disney remake that we're getting, because you think about um, this month in like a week we're getting Dumbo and then later in the year we're getting the Lion King yep yep also great movies I'm very excited for both of those uh, I'd say the Lion King is the out of all the all the three we've you've mentioned thus far is my top 100 because I love the Lion King so much and that movie is going to be amazing I'm uh, curious to see that because I'm assuming they're going to go kind of like like Jungle Book route where like majority of the movie is going to be CGI. Right. Yeah. Um, which I'm not mad at. I, I'm just like uh, looking forward to all those like feel good moments um, throughout that film and uh, going to try not to cry at the sad parts. Oh, well, it's going to happen, man. When uh, spoiler alert, when Mufasa dies, like it's going down. Um, what if they switch up the script and he isn't dead? I don't think they'll do that with that big of a, of a plot like that. That's the driving, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of the MacGuffin of the movie, right? He dies. So it forces Simba to leave, but then he needs to come back. Like that's, that's a major, <laughs> you know, story plot. Surprise. Scar dies. Mufasa um, just doesn't want to be a dad anymore, so he takes off. Damn, dude, that's wild. What if that'd be crazy? He just doesn't want to be a daddy. He just dips. He's. It's like. It's like that Twitter. Like Simba's like, all right. He's at his math class. You know, I live here. The gas station is about you know two miles away. Uh, it takes an average lion about, you know, 15 minutes to walk to and from the gas station. So tell me why it's taken my dad 10 years to come back from the gas station. <laughs> <clears throat> it'll, it'll be great. Um, yeah. I've uh, never been like a, a huge Dumbo fan, but um, I'm always fascinated um, being able to kind of look into the mind of uh, Tim Burton. And I like, uh, Colin Farrell is an actor. Uh, Danny, Danny DeVito, he's in there. Um, yeah, Michael Keaton, man. Michael freaking Keaton. Um, and then uh, who else is in there? I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Uh, Eva Green, which I don't know what she's really from. Uh, me either. I'm really bad at yeah. names. But 
it's, it's going to be good. Like, like even though I'm like least excited about that one, um, those three movies are all going to um, be good. Yeah, I'm really excited for, I mean, all three are going to be awesome. Um, Dumbo, I'm really interested to see what the storyline, how the storyline is going to be. Because from what I read, they're actually starting the movie with the iconic scene of Dumbo flying for the first time. So that's kind of flipping up the script a little bit from the original. Um, But yeah, I want to see what they do and how they make that storyline come out. It could just be like a Quentin Tarantino thing where they kind of do that and then they flash back to him being born and everything like that. Or, well, obviously him being delivered by a stork. Um, And then I'm also curious to see how they redo some of the songs for Dumbo because, you know, obviously for uh, Aladdin and Lion King, I feel like they're just going to redo the songs, but keep a lot of like kind of the meat and potatoes of the way that the song is structured. Whereas for Dumbo, because the different factors of it being a, a modern movie um, and Tim Burton, I think they're going to do a thing uh, very similar of what they did with Maleficent when they redid um, who, who did that? Lana Del Rey did the remake of the, um, you know, Once Upon a Dream song. Uh, I think they're going to do something like that to the song um, when, um, you know, baby, don't cry, blah, blah, blah. When basically the saddest part of the movie, when Dumbo is away from his mom. Could be true because it's Tim Burton. He likes to um, have his own vision, which is always interesting. Um, You mentioned Aladdin. I don't think they're really going to switch up the songs too much because if you look at um, uh, Beauty and the Beast, those were um, very similar to the original. Um, And I I don't think they're going to change it too much. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. But because because Dumbo is being done by Tim Burton and because, you know, it's just a little different, I think they'll have like a cool, very interesting, uh, you know, basically modernization of the song in a different kind of maybe even creepier way, as some people might say for Tim Burton. You know, he kind of has like the the kind of twist on things. For sure. Um Last thing I want to touch on, Garrett, we're going to hit the parks tomorrow. It's currently Saturday, March 16th, 2019. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day, which um, this is our second year in a row. Um, Some of you guys might remember last year. I spammed all of you on my Instagram story with uh, Garrett and I riding every um, attraction that was open that day. And tomorrow marks our second year in a row doing this event. Um, I don't even remember the official name of it. Um, I think Garrett and I picked one the other day, but I forgot. (laughs) Uh, Do you you remember the name, Garrett? Isn't it like All Attractions Day? I don't know. Maybe. Sure. (laughs) So that sounds good to me. All Attractions Day, every St. Patrick's Day. So um, uh, roll out, you know, come over, let's ride something. Uh, Last year, it was just uh, Garrett and I. Um, This year, it's going to be me, um, Garrett, and our friend Kayla. Uh, She's driving down from Ventura. Um, So it's going to be cool to have um, an extra body um, in the party. Uh, But as this thing uh, progresses, um, it'll be fun to see it grow and bring on more friends. So... Tomorrow, we're going to be there at Rope Drop. We're going to ride everything in Disneyland. I'm not going to spam you guys again. I'll post things from time to time, but it's not going to be as intense as last year. 
But uh, if you see us in the park, uh, come say hi. Uh, let's uh, ride something. We'll take cool pictures. Um, I'm really excited for tomorrow. Um, Garrett, what are you most looking forward to? Or looking forward to uh, most? Uh, I'm just glad that we're really sticking to our uh, our plan where this is going to be a, an annual thing. Um, second annual uh, ride everything um, day on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I am excited to hit everything that is within our power to hit. Um, kind of... Uh, unfortunate that star uh, uh space mountain is currently still closed so we won't be able to ride that but one thing that we do have to ride that we couldn't ride last year is splash mountain because that was closed last year and this year we have to hit it so um i wouldn't say looking forward to it but excited to ride all the rides as far as splash mountain goes <laughs> all right well there you have it guys this has been a fun episode, um, super heavy um, in the Disney talks, and um, we'll, we'll do these um, every now and then just because Disney um, is amazing, and Garrett and I, we're the real influencers. We're not on that patty cake bullshit. We're going to tell you how things really are, so thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Jamer K podcast, um, AKA the Disney influence edition. Um, Garrett, do you have any words before we sign off? Um, yeah, we're the real Disney influences out here. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're not going to take any bribes from, from people to try and get our opinions different from what we really think. And, uh, I want to shout out to Jamie for having me on again. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, shout out to Disney and Disneyland and all things Disney. Um, shout out to the wife, Lexi. What's up? And uh, yeah, I'm excited for tomorrow. All right. There you have it. Uh, another episode of the Jamie RK podcast. Thank you for listening. Shout out to the Disney Illuminati for tuning in. We know you guys are here. Love you guys. And thank you for, thank all of you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Um, appreciate it. And this has been another episode of the Dreamer K podcast, always on top. Even if it makes me blind, I just want to see the light. Breathe in, leave it all behind. I just want to see the light.
See the light. 